time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. We're here to figure out how to get you to that next place, to how to get to the next uh, stage you want to be at, and that is about building a thriving life. Now, a lot of times people don't quite understand what that thriving life can look like. Sometimes they think that if bad things are happening in your life, that obviously you can't thrive, and I don't believe that's the case. But I also believe that sometimes we tend to get in our way of thriving. So today I want to talk a little bit about one way that people kind of trip themselves up. They keep chasing the wrong thing on the way to get to what they think they want. Many people say they just want to be happy, right? They're trying to find a place that they just want to be happy. And so they flail around trying to figure out how to get to that happiness. And the problem is they tend to uh, miss what might get them there, assuming that something else is going to. They miss the process. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought that if you just had blank and you can fill in that blank with, you know, the new car, the new house, the new job, the new relationship, the new toy, the new cosmetics, the new deodorant, the new cologne, the new clothes, the new toys, whatever it is. If you just had that, then you would finally be happy when you get it. And then have you ever gotten it only to realize that it makes no difference to you, that long-term it made no difference? Maybe you've gotten it and, and initially you're like, oh, this is so cool, and then pretty soon it's just another piece. Well, that's part of what happens in our marketing world. In fact, it's the promise of the marketers that you'll feel happier, more content, more adjusted, more whatever it is, better off if you just use that product, that particular product. And so we are surrounded by that all the time. If you just had the right thing, you would finally feel the way you want to feel. And so we fall for that over and over because we keep thinking that that object will solve the problems, only to discover that it doesn't work so well. There's a reason for that. People constantly mistake how much they will like something in the future. And there's a quickly diminishing level of enjoyment and satisfaction when they do it. We are miscalculating on a regular basis. Here's the piece. We think that if we have that new gadget or whatever it is, that that's going to make the difference. And I can tell you, I've fallen for it many times. You know, that new phone, that new computer, that new car, that new whatever – that something is going to, to be the piece, right? It's going to fall into place and man, I'm going to love it so much. And so we keep making the same mistake of under or overestimating how much we will be affected by that and underestimating how little impact it actually will have on our enjoyment and satisfaction. Here's the reason why that is. Humans are not good at feeling forecasting. We're not good about knowing how we will feel about something in the future. We're nowhere near as good as we think we are. That's why we keep falling for that same mistake. You know, we keep thinking, oh, that will do it, right? We isolate that thing. And there is a term for those things that we're wanting that end up not making as big an impact as we think they are. 
what that term is, is miswanting, the miswants of our life. So just for a moment, I want you to kind of think through what might be on that list for you of the miswants. Are there things that you thought would make a difference in your life? Things that you thought would uh, somehow make a difference that in the end didn't? I just want you to think through that. It may be a new car, maybe a new bike, maybe a new toy when you were a kid, or maybe a trip somewhere, or maybe a new relationship or a new job. Can you think of those pieces that you really thought would move the bar, that would really make a difference in your life? Because I sure can. So many times I overestimate how much I'm going to enjoy some experience or some something that is external to me. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't make a big difference. It doesn't make as big a difference as I thought. Some of those experiences I've had have been less fulfilling than I thought they would be. But I think more specifically, not about the experiences so much, but the objects, the phone I carry in my pocket, does it really need to be the newest edition? Because I think that's going to somehow, you know, the little extra features is going to make it, make it work for me, make, it, make me happier, more adjusted. I forget the fact that that is just a tool, and the tool needs to be something I need. You know, I look out in my garage, and I've got some tools there that never get any use. I thought they would make a difference in some project I was going to work on, but they don't. Or more true for me, I've got lots of information and trainings that I think will make a difference, but then I don't even get around to using them. And so they're certainly useless there, but they were miswants. I thought, oh, if I got that training, that would make a difference in my business or my life or my relationships. I wanted the effect, but it ended up being a miswant of that particular item either because I don't take action on it or because the effect wasn't as big or as great as I thought it would be. Do you have those items in your life? Do you recognize the places where that might have happened? Many people join a gym with every good intention of going, and it ends up being a miswant, not because getting in shape isn't good, but because they don't use it. Or they get something And they are sure that it's just going to have that great sense of freedom and happiness that should come with it only to find that really didn't move the needle much at all. I've got a buddy that is constantly buying the next greatest big boat. And I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to finally get the right boat that will make him happy. He started with a smaller boat. Then he went to a medium boat and then a faster boat and a bigger boat and a faster, bigger boat. And he still keeps chasing it. It's a very expensive approach to trying to find that one that's going to make him happy. I've got another buddy who's constantly going through cars. He gets a car, thinks it's going to make him happy, realizes it's not really what he wanted, gets rid of it, and rationalizes the reason he's getting rid of it is because the car didn't do X, Y, and Z, which meant that he has to find another car that will do X, Y, and Z. And it ends up being a revolving door of a garage waiting for that car that will finally really make him happy. Neither the boat nor the car will ultimately make my friends happy because that's not what does it. And the problem is because we mistake how much something is going to make us happy in the future, we're constantly falling for the same trap. So humans are not good at feeling forecasting, knowing 
how something is going to make them feel in the future. This is one of the reasons that when I talk to people who are in a marriage crisis, I I suggest that they not get their spouse to commit to whether they're going to be able to work things out in the future. They're asking their spouse about how the spouse is going to feel in the future. And all of us assess that partly based on how we feel about something right now. Which means that if you have a negative feeling about something, you're going to assume that your negative feeling about that will continue into the future. If you have a positive feeling about something, you have the belief that you will continue to feel positively about that into the future, and neither one may be true because we don't forecast very well. There's a reason for that. The number one problem of all this is habituation. Habituation is a really big word that says that we get used to change and revert back to a baseline. We habituate to something. Our habits go back. Now, we have plenty of proof that people who have major windfalls or major tragedies often, not long after that, revert to a baseline. It doesn't mean that there is not an impact of those events on their life, but how they feel in their life often remains the same. Many times, people only replicate and get back to exactly where they were. This is the the research that talks about how many people who win the lottery think that that's going to transform their life for the better, only to be in financial trouble not long after that, and never to have experienced any happiness from it in the process. Because once we have something, we adapt to it and we move back to it. I remember how many times this has happened in my life. Uh, When we came to graduate school, uh, my wife and I lived in a pretty small apartment. We lived there for about a year, and we found a small house to move into. We were still renting it because I was still in school. And we stayed there for quite a while. In fact, had uh, both of our kids in that small house and raised uh, them into their uh, young childhood there. And then we went to a bigger house, and I thought, oh, man, we'll get into this bigger house. Man, I'll be happy. Well, I got there. I was, it was nice to have a little more room, but pretty soon I was right back to where I, I was. It was just the house. It wasn't you know, the grand new house. It was just the house, just the same house. And so then we began looking for another bigger house because we needed more space uh, and we wanted it closer to the school and lots of other reasons for that. But I remember when I moved into this big house, or it's a bigger house, not a huge house, but bigger than we were in. And for a while, I was walking around this neighborhood, and it was a nicer neighborhood, and I didn't feel like I belonged. And I would always feel a little odd about that for a while. And then one day, I noticed that I was walking around the neighborhood, and it was just the neighborhood. It wasn't that neighborhood that I wondered if I belonged there or deserved to be there. It was just the neighborhood. I had habituated to my surroundings. Or how about a car? You ever buy a car and you're like, oh, I love the smell of a new car and you're driving this new car and you're so proud of the new car. And sometime down the road, it just becomes the car you're using. That's habituation. And that's part of the problem. Whatever we have becomes the norm. And then it ends up being the same old, same old. And so when we're chasing something, when we're convinced that this something will make us happy, as we're getting that, that product that's going to make us happy, we're not aware of the fact that not long from now, it will just be that product. The brand new shiny phone in my pocket ends up being my phone. The brand new shiny computer just ends up being my computer. And nothing really changes long-term about that because we habituate and get used to it. The second problem that we face is our orientation to happiness. 
I've talked about this before, but happiness is often seen as something that comes from something external. It's an internal feeling based on something external. Happy and happen share the same root. Something external to us happens to make us happy. And the problem is that that object is always external to us. The object, the relationship, something external will finally lead to us feeling happy, which posits the happiness outside of ourselves and not within our control. That's the first piece. The second piece is how poorly we are able to forecast how we're going to feel. So we see something and we go, oh, if I just had that, I would be happy. So we've miscalculated how happy it would make us anyway. The second thing it does is uh, eventually we habituate to that process. The third thing is that object often comes at a cost. If we're buying some toy, there is the monetary cost. There's also the opportunity cost that if I do this, I can't do that. And so we get lost in, in many of those pieces. You know, I have my friend who uh, keeps getting new cars one day told me about the impact on his insurance bill. So the car that he thought would make him happy made him no happy, but it sure cost him a lot more with insurance and all the other pieces. My friend with a boat, every time he got a bigger boat, cost more in insurance, but didn't lead him to be any more happy. My friend who moved into a huge house suddenly found that he had more headaches and maintenance, more insurance to pay, a heavier cost for the house itself, and made no difference in the happiness. So we end up finding the extra traps along the way about these wants. So what is the answer to that? Well, we first want to be aware. It's not that I suggest that uh, everybody has to get rid of everything. Uh, I also know people who have done that and found a better path for themselves, but I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that we first look at our orientation towards those things. Are we caught up waiting for that thing to make us happy? Are we making the miswant mistakes? Are we miswanting things repeatedly and therefore we're chasing the wrong things? for the happiness. Instead, I think we begin to understand what really has been proven over and over to be the path to joy, which is an internal place of happiness. That feeling that stays, that isn't just coming because of what's external to us, but the real sense of satisfaction and joy, it turns out it's always through a feeling of purpose. It's not about the objects we have, but how we relate to the world. Do we feel that we are living a life of purpose? That's part of the hallmark for me of this thriving process. Are we tapping into the place where we are living out what we know to be our own purpose in the world? Why are we here? That's the big question. Why are you here? What are you here to do? Until we answer that, we tend to keep looking for that external piece that's going to finally line up for us and get us to the right place, missing the fact that it's the internal, internal puzzle. What we're working on is an internal puzzle to figure out that piece. The path to joy is right through a feeling a sense of purpose and a sense of direction. Do we know where we want to walk through in life? Because while we can't forecast how we're going to feel in the future very well, when we are picking our direction, 
generally we are marching right towards satisfaction and joy and contentment that comes from living out our purpose. When it's especially linked with the fact that we are here to be in a relationship of helping others, of, as I call it, making an impact, not just an impact, but a positive impact on the world, making a difference in the world. The question is, are we leaving the world better than we found it? If we are walking towards a path that helps us to leave the world in a better place than we found it, we're creating our purpose. We're living our purpose. We'll draw meaning from that, that purpose, and we have a sense of direction. When we get lost in the external, we're going to get used to it. We're going to habituate to it. But when we shift to the internal and ask, what is my sense of direction? What is my purpose here? Why am I here? How can I activate that? How can I live out that purpose and make a difference, make an impact in the world? Then we've made that shift and we make what I consider to be that thriving shift. If that's something that's important to you, I would love it if you would grab my book. I've got Thrive Principles, 15 Strategies for Building Your Thriving Life that will help you understand how to build your life of meaning and purpose of finding your direction. And if you find yourself stuck, then my new book, The Immutable Laws of Living, can help you make that shift. You can find The Immutable Laws of Living, links to The Immutable Laws of Living and my book, The Thrive Principles, by going to my website, leebalkum.com. That's L-E-E-B-A-U-C-O-M.com, leebalkum.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.